Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast, a place where we focus on the business side of art to help you attract more customers, increase profits, to ultimately live a life of creativity and financial freedom. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and this week's episode is all about taxes. <laughs> You're going to get all your tax questions answered by Hannah Cole, who is an artist and owner of Sunlight Tax. She was kind enough to come on and answer some of the most common questions that I get, that she gets, and some that I didn't think to ask. Things like, should I file this way? Should I need an LLC? How do I go about filing as an entrepreneur? Should I hire a tax professional and when? What are the benefits of filing certain ways? What items can I list as deductions and expenses? And then how do I keep track of mileage? All of that. She answers all of these, but also I talked to Hannah afterwards and she gave me three very, very useful resources. One being her podcast. If you go to her podcast, all the episodes are listed into little segments of answering each individual question. So if you have something specific that you want to look for, something around deductions or whatnot, you can go to that exact podcast episode and listen to it and get her advice. And speaking of deductions, she also has a free visual guide to your tax deductions to show you exactly what you can deduct, what we call it, and what the IRS calls it so you can go in the correct category. And she also has a free one-hour class about how to make taxes easier and stash extra money. So there's three resources linked here that you can go to. So after this episode, Episode is done. If you want more, go there. Okay. Let me know what you think about this week's episode with Hannah Cole, all about everybody's favorite subject <laughs> taxes. Hey there, we are here with Hannah and we're going to be talking about everybody's favorite subject, which is taxes. <laughs> <laughs> and I know there's so many questions around this subject because I get asked questions and I have a general idea about how my accountant does my stuff, but you're a lot more knowledgeable. So please just bless us with all the tax information. Sure. Hi. Yeah, I would love to just, why don't you tell me where I should start if it's like some common pitfalls or maybe like what artist taxes look like? Is that a good place to start? Sure. So say... How about say you're a beginner artist, we'll start there. And like this year, you decided to make some money with art and say from now until the end of the year, like this is your first year and you have maybe made $10,000, maybe, like maybe $5,000. What does that look like at the end of the year? So say you did it with canvas commissions or murals or whatnot. So one of the most important things to understand when you're making money as an artist or a creative person is that the income you make, generally speaking, is going to be considered self-employment income. That's an important thing for you to understand. And there's a real difference in the tax code if you are it like a hobby versus like a business. And I will say all the good stuff is for business. Which kind of makes sense because if you think about it, under the U.S. tax code, we actually have a really generous tax code when it comes to subsidizing small businesses. And that includes freelancers and very small scale operations. We give businesses completely tax deductible expenses, which is a huge deal. But if you are a hobbyist, if you're just doing it for fun, fine, do that. That's fine. Like no judgment there, but you don't get to take all that great stuff in the tax code. So 
that's a really good metric that you want to be aware of, that you are operating like a business and that you have an intent to make a profit. That is what actually entitles you to use the Schedule C and to file taxes as a freelancer who gets to take deductible business, take tax deductions for your business expenses. So that's the first piece to understand. Okay. Another one is, so I get asked a lot, do people need to create an LLC or what kind of thing in order to do that? Because I'm an LLC. I believe I'm an S corp. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Is there a big difference in S corp, C corp, LLC, not doing an LLC? Yeah. Good question. This is a really good question. I think a lot of people think that they're somehow not official or not a business if they don't have an LLC. And this is not true at all. The IRS, the tax collector, and if you think about it, they could care less. If you want to put different things around your business, that's fine. They don't really concern themselves with that. What they concern themselves with is you earning money. So the IRS is not in the business of waiting until the day you decide you want to form an LLC to collect taxes. Your tax obligation starts immediately, right? So the moment you advertise, that's the signal to the IRS that you're official. So a lot of artists think they're not official until they either form an LLC, which is not true, or until they turn a profit, which is also not true, or until they turn enough profit, whatever enough is. And let's face it, there's no such thing as enough, like nobody. (laughs) I think Elon Musk thinks he doesn't have enough, right? Enough, what is enough, right? This is not, again, not a concern of the IRS. So the IRS, it is about your motive. That's when you become official to the taxing agency. So it's really important to know because that might come years before you ever decide to form an LLC. Now, what is an LLC? An LLC is a legal entity. It's not a tax entity. So forming an LLC will not do anything to your taxes. You will be taxed the same way tomorrow you're taxed today if you form one. But the role of an LLC is to create a legal shield, a legal separation in between you, the person, and you, the business, basically between your business assets and your personal assets. And so just to illustrate what that actually looks like, I'm a painter. And if I were just a sole proprietor without an LLC, then when I sell paintings through my gallery or have a commission and I earn money, if somebody sues me while I'm conducting business, I'm found at fault then the damages, I could be forced to pay damages that would not just be out of my business assets, which is what? Some paint, my laptop, some brushes, not a lot of assets, honestly. But it also would, I'd also have to pay out of my personal assets. Now, most people, your wealth is on the personal side. So your home, your car, your 401k, your kids' college savings account, those things are personal assets. So the LLC, what it does, if I now form an LLC, that creates a barrier in between the business and the personal. And so then if I was Hannah Cole Painter LLC, what would happen is I could still get a loss. I could hire an assistant and they could fall off a ladder and sue my business during the mural installation, right? But if I was found at fault, only the business assets would be subject to the lawsuit. So I might have to pay damages out of my business assets, but they'd end there. They wouldn't be able to touch my house, my car, my kid's college fund, et cetera. So that's what the LLC is for. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so you would suggest before somebody goes on a mural site, maybe file for an LLC. 
Yes, there's definitely, I think what's really important here is to understand that it's about liability. It's about a lawsuit. So what is the kind of liability that you're incurring? If you hire people, you have probably a little more exposure. If you have the public interacting with you, if you're a public artist, most, in fact, a lot of places that give grants to public artists require them to have LLCs. And that's because when you deal with the general public, things can go wrong. The sculpture could fall on a person, right? So they want you to have some protection. Me as a painter, I've actually never had an LLC and don't honestly plan to because I really do not interact with the like the way that my business is set up as a painter. I don't interact with the public very much. I don't do open studios events because most of my galleries don't want me selling directly. And when I'm showing work, it's at the gallery and the gallery has its own liability insurance and stuff. So I'm not particularly concerned about a lawsuit as a painter personally. Please understand this is not legal advice for anybody out there. (laughs) But Sunlight Tax, my tax company, oh, that will definitely, there's liability there for sure because I have had employees and I have contractors. And when you do taxes, sometimes people think that they can blame the accountant for stuff. So like the lawsuit possibility in a tax business is quite a bit higher. So I definitely do have an LLC. I want that protection here. So to me, it's a case-by-case basis. I got you. Okay. So as a muralist, which is what I am, I have also have a lot of insurance like work comp and all of that to protect me against things like that. So you do you have insurance to, to protect you from things like that or is it? Absolutely, I do. And so that's another factor and it's really good conversation because you do business liability insurance for one thing can replace the need for an LLC altogether. If you have good business liability insurance, you might not need to get an LLC. And they cover slightly different things. If you think about it, like the LLC, it simply shields your personal assets from a lawsuit. But if you get sued, you might still have to pay damages. You might be found at fault. And what's going to pay? You're still going to have to pay that money. The liability insurance might actually have some provision for paying damages. It might actually give you money in that case. So they serve a little bit different roles. And if you want to have to picture all those disaster scenarios (laughs) that give me nightmares at night, call an insurance broker because they'll help you think of every worst case scenario for you. Oh yeah, for sure. My my husband is an insurance agent and he's always stop leaning on that ladder. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I hope he's a chill guy because I worry for those people sometimes that they like spend a lot of time thinking about worst case scenarios. Oh, he is like the chillest. He's the only one I know that could be in that because he's just like unbothered, but also knows exactly what the bad things could happen. So he'll advise me. He also, he likes to advise a lot of our Artist Academy members too. Of like, he's like, if you do that and that, you'll die. So don't. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So you file as a sole proprietor or just a a self-employed because that's what it is. So not under an LLC. For my painting practice, yeah, just as a sole proprietor. So just on a Schedule C. And also what I want people to understand is if you form an LLC, your taxes will stay the same. You will still use a Schedule C. Nothing will shift. So a single member LLC is something that the IRS calls a disregarded entity, which means literally that they disregard single member LLCs. It has no bearing on your taxes. Okay, so So it really doesn't matter. It does not matter for tax purposes. It's a legal thing. It's a liability thing. Now, an S-corp is a completely different animal. An S-corp, because you asked, is that is a tax entity. So you can elect with some paperwork 
sent to the IRS, you can elect to be taxed as an S-corp. And that actually shifts the structure of your taxes a little bit. So when you elect to file taxes as an S-corp, to be taxed as an S-corp, you will have to set up payroll. It's mandatory. Pay yourself a reasonable salary. The reasonable part is really important. If it's an unreasonable salary, the IRS can audit you and will. Picking up what is somebody in your position doing the kind of work you're doing? What do they get paid? You have to really have some benchmarks to be able to prove that. And you want to be sure you set it up properly. And the other thing about an S-corp is can save you money on self-employment tax, but only once you are operating with a consistent profit over at least $50,000. Remember, profit is after you take out expenses, not before. And so that's really important. A mistake that I see just all the time is that people think they hear somewhere, oh, you should become an S-corp, you can save money, and they just do it. and One, they do it way too soon before it makes any economic sense and they end up paying a lot of money to have it and they might even be unable to maintain it and then get into legal trouble. And then also it costs them more money to have the S-corp than they save. You don't want to start an S-corp before it makes economic sense. That's the key takeaway here. But I'm happy to dig into why above a certain income threshold it makes economic sense. It really does not before you make consistent $50,000 profit though. Okay. I think I'm an S-corp, but I have a guy, I have a tax guy and he just handles all this stuff. I just fill in the blanks of all the things and I, I use QuickBooks online and he just does the rest. So I think yeah. I have an S-corp. But so what are the benefits? <laughs> yeah. Everybody starts out with a Schedule C. That's the default position. So if you're listening to this conversation and you're like, I don't get it, you use a Schedule C. That's like almost a guarantee. When you file your self-employment income on a Schedule C, you list your income and then you list your expenses. And then, of course, you do the math. One minus the other equals your profit. And your profit is what you're taxed on. Now, that profit on a Schedule C is subject to two layers of tax. It's subject to income tax and it's also subject to self-employment tax. And self-employment tax, just for a little tax background, is 15.3% of that profit and it is going to pay for your Medicare and Social Security. So if you were an employee somewhere, you'd be paying 7.65% of your pay towards Medicare and Social Security, and your boss would be paying out of their pocket a matching 7.65% of their of your pay. So those two halves together equal 15.3. So it, it still equals the same dollar amount getting sent in, but you're only paying half of it when you're an employee. When you're self-employed, you're the employee and the boss at the same time, so you pay both halves. So that's why it's 15.3 and not 7.65%. So the thing is, when you form, if you have $100,000 in profit, not gross income, but profit like after expenses, then you're paying whatever income tax amount you owe on $100,000, maybe 15%, maybe 20%, probably not that high. And you're also paying 15.3 towards self-employment tax. So that might be around, could be $25,000-ish paying to taxes. If you form an S-corp, what you do is you pay yourself a reasonable salary. And that's quite important that you set up payroll, you do workers' comp, unemployment. You're an employer with your state when you form an S-corp. And you have to be very careful and mindful about that because You can very easily break employment tax law when you're sloppy with that. And I've seen the states come after people who 
in ignorance set up an S corp and don't realize that they had to do all this stuff at the state level. But you pay yourself a reasonable salary. And the salary now is subject to that same two halves of Medicare and Social Security. But then any profit you make over and above your salary is not. You don't pay into Medicare and Social Security on. So that is where the savings is. Any profit you make over that salary that you pay yourself, you don't pay Medicare and Social Security. So that's the savings of an S-corp. But I'm just here to tell you that the math doesn't work until you make a substantial profit. And so you don't want to do it too soon. Okay. So I have a tax guy and a lot of people ask me, they're like, Andrea, should I get a tax guy or should I just do it myself? When should I do? You, mm-hmm. What's your advice on that? I think that's a very dependent on your situation. The question I would say when you're starting out, you might have a lot of questions. And if you have a lot of questions, that is a reason to get a tax person, but they have to be good. And to be honest, a lot of tax people are so busy and such poor communicators that even paying for one doesn't mean you really actually get that. So I would beware of that. I think if you are looking at maybe, is it time for me to start an S-corp? You definitely don't want to do that without a tax person. And not only just any old tax person, but you want someone who will explain it to you, who will be patient with you, who will really make sure you understand what you're doing, because it's your money. You should be able to understand it. And you should not, I don't want anyone to feel bullied or belittled when they are with an accountant. I say this because I felt bullied and belittled by the accountant I used in the beginning. And I was mad enough. I went back to school for accounting. I think that like feeling respected is like the biggest deal when you're like, if you're sitting with someone and you feel like that they don't take your art seriously and they don't take your business seriously, I I wouldn't work with them. That's so funny you say that because I had that exact experience with my first tax guy and I ended up just leaving him and went to this other guy who I love and he is extremely busy and but he does respond to my emails but yeah no they're all super busy so I was just nodding my head I'm like yep <laughs> for sure but yeah I'm gonna know my yeah. tax guy he was like you paint like little butterflies right I mean, <laughs> it was just yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've been there oh it's so unpleasant to be with somebody who just doesn't even think what you're doing is like something real yeah I'm glad you left him <laughs> yeah so I guess as an artist would is there anything that you would advice that maybe artists who are just starting out or maybe a few years in and whatnot, maybe might not know? Is there questions that I'm not sure that I'm missing that I'm asking? Sure. So I mentioned that you're entitled to deductions when you're a business, not a hobby. So in other words, you're trying to make money. You're entitled to tax-free expenses, which is really quite a big deal. So you get to subtract out your expenses from your taxable income. And a lot of people realize that the ones that you just get a receipt for, a lot of people understand that that is a deduction that they can use on their taxes. But something that a lot of people don't realize is that there are deductions that are really juicy and good, but that you will never get a receipt for and they're still deductible. So a couple of those are like a mileage expense. If you drive your car to business-related things like a supply run, like a site visit, meeting a client, meeting a prospect. These are all deductible mileage. You have to be careful. Commuting is not deductible. Commuting is considered personal. But anything outside of a commute that you do for your business is deductible. And so the rule for mileage is you have to track it. You have to keep a log of your miles. And the real reason for that is because 
the IRS just wants to make sure you know that you don't get to deduct every mile you drive in the car. The log is to show that you know the difference between this is all the miles I do in the whole year and this is the little subset that was for business. That's essentially the point of a mileage log. And I know that even listening to me say mileage log, a lot of people are like, oh God, that sounds awful. Sounds like a lot of work. So I just want to calm you as you hear that because actually it's the days of apps and there are apps that do it almost automatically. And so it's, it's really a lot easier than you think it is. An app that I really love is called Mile IQ. It's the one I use. And what's cool about it is that it just is enabled through GPS on your phone. And if you're like me and your phone is basically always on you, then anytime your body, your phone is moving more than five miles per hour, it assumes you're in a car and it records it. And so it records all of that. And then you just make a habit of every week or two weeks, depending how much you drive, doing a little swipe, like swipe right for business, swipe left for personal. And that's it. So you just sort them. But it means that you never miss anything and that you have this like beautiful airtight documentation that you can use to do your taxes. So that's super sweet. Home studio is another awesome deduction where you don't get a receipt, but you get to take a proportion of your living space, which would be not deductible if you weren't running a business. So that's a great deduction. I should mention that I have a deductions guide that people can download if they're interested. I made a visual guide to tax deductions. And if you want to put the link in, I'm happy to share that. It's at sunlighttax.com slash deductions guide. It's like a translation tool. So I have listed on one column, like what you call the item, how you think of it. And then I have listed in the middle column, what the IRS calls it. And it translates and shows you this thing that you call this, the IRS calls this. So it's like a little translation tool. And then I also have listed all of the little more nuanced tax rules, like about mileage log or home office deduction, so that you can just print it out. And it's just a one page reference, which is you can stick by your desk and have there when you need it. Definitely recommend that. I am a visual person and I made it for visual people. (laughs) So I hope that's helpful. Perfect. Yeah, I would definitely put the link in there. Thank you. So tell me about what you do. So if somebody's listening to this and they're like, I, this is helpful, but I need somebody to hold my hand through this. Is that what you do? Do you have a course? Do you do taxes for people? What do you do? Yeah. So I'm an artist by training and I'm still an artist. I didn't become an accountant and then stop being an artist. I had a show in November of my painting. Thank you. So I do lots of stuff. I have a podcast called The Sunlight Podcast and it has lots of explainers on. I try to keep them one per episode so that it's very searchable. And you can see this one is on LLCs. This one is on estimated quarterly taxes. This one is on deductions. But I run a program called Money Bootcamp where I teach people some basic systems to set up to keep their taxes really streamlined and organized. So like how to keep your tax documents, how to keep your receipts, and then how to set up bookkeeping. I will give you a hint that bookkeeping is the heavy lift. The other two are super easy. They take five minutes. But setting up good bookkeeping that's actually not too complicated and that is understandable to you, I think is really a key to managing your art practice in a way that feels easy and doable and that you will maintain. So that's a part of it. And then the other part of what's in Money Bootcamp is I teach people how to set up, basically set up retirement accounts, set up tax advantaged accounts, because there's actually so much good juicy stuff in the tax code for us small businesses, for us self-employed people. 
And I find that a lot of artists aren't aware of them and aren't like taking full advantage of these really awesome tax incentives that are there for us. So part of my kind of vision and mission is really to get artists to save more money for themselves because it just gives you more power and more ability to rest. For sure. Yeah. I just realized what an an HSA was a couple of years ago, which I'm so glad I figured that out before I had a baby because I would just, you know, like if anybody doesn't know, and I'm sure too, it's you just, you basically put it in a health savings account and it's tax-free. And then I take that HSA card to my all of my appointments and they, they pay you through that, but it's tax-free. And I'm like, oh, right. That's it. And I use it. I, I just went to the chiropractor last week and I used it there. So things like that and things like investment accounts and whatnot. I'm still new to that, but yeah, so many cool things. There's so many cool things. And I think the problem for people like us, Andrea, is like those things are there for us every bit as much as they're there for somebody in the STEM fields, right? But I think a lot of times money people have trouble talking to us. So To me, it's like my mission is just to break this stuff down so it feels understandable. And I understand that most artists didn't go to business school. And I still respect the fact that you're very smart and doing something amazing and important in the world. Just to me, teaching people how to use tax advantaged accounts like HSAs, like what you have, which is awesome. And also IRAs, which are a kind of retirement account. And then there's even bigger other kinds of retirement accounts you can put even more money in. And those are, that's my love language. Art is putting money aside for themselves, for their health and being, and to have a bigger impact. This is like my love language. <laughs> so I just want to make that feel really transparent and easy and doable because it's so important for your longevity of your career to have money. Yeah. And use it smart and can keep as much of it as we can <laughs> without giving away, being taxed on all crazy things that just flies away. But yeah, no, we appreciate you. So thank you so much. I think this is a really good bridge. You're a very good bridge between, yeah, artists who don't have that language because I feel like art and accounting is so far on the different spectrums. So you're in the middle making us more coherent. Yeah. And I think it's important for, I always feel a pang when I hear an artist say something like, oh, I just do little paintings. I just make earrings. I just make pottery. Because I feel like there's no just about it. Like you're doing something important. And I know that it might feel small or trivial, but like any kind of making in the world, any kind of craft or art is essentially empathy building. Even if it's just making a mug, right? Like a mug that feels really wonderful for my hand to feel and keeps my tea nice and hot. Like I like it. Like that actually is an improvement in my life, right? It's, I'm not curing cancer, but I am actually giving somebody a little bit of joy. And that I, I don't think we should underestimate things like that. And I also think like when you make a mural, you're like really enlivening a neighborhood or like calling in a community. It's it's really an important job that we do as artists. And I just don't want artists to feel discounted because I know I have had really terrible experiences sitting down with accountants who did not feel respectful (laughs) towards the work I was doing. And I'm like, I didn't dedicate my life to this because I think it's minor. I really believe in this. And so I just, I want other artists to really believe in the power of their work 
as much as I do. And honestly, to make more money from it. Yeah, we appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much for taking time out of your day today. And I will put all the links to all of your things, including all the freebies and whatnot. So go check it out. And especially right now, now is the time to focus on this and then we can focus on our arts the rest of the year. But yeah, we appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks so much for hosting me, Andrea. Great to talk to you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Artist Academy podcast. I've been putting out at least one episode per week for more than four years on this podcast. And it's really cool to see those download numbers go up and up as time goes on. And that's because artists like you listen and share these episodes. So really, when I say thank you, I mean it. (laughs) It's really cool to see progress along the way. And anyway, if you like this type of art and business content, then I highly encourage you to get the audio version of my book, Mural Money, with over 15 hours of listening inspiration. I'm currently running a special of just $17 for the audio version. You can go to muralmoney.com to find it. And that comes with a bunch of extras like my art supply list, my pricing guide, recommended book and podcast list, and so much more. I filled that book with tips from my art journey of building a profitable mural career. Plus, I've included the best of the best advice from guests I've interviewed on this podcast. It's the most affordable all-in-one book of advice on art and business that I have. And if you enjoy listening to me here, then I know you'll like the book too because I read it myself all 15 hours of it. (laughs) The book is available on Amazon and Audible normally for $25, but if you go to muralmoney.com, that is where you can grab the special $17 deal while it lasts. If you haven't listened to my book yet, this is your sign to do it. Again, normally $25, running a special for $17, but you have to go to muralmoney.com. That's where you can grab the audio version of it. And that's all I have for you today. So I will see you next week for another episode of the Artist Academy podcast.